We all love a good piece of lost media. Now, I know the majority of us may like to go down these rabbit holes and finding out that there are deleted scenes or alternate endings or maybe a lost episode of one of your favorite TV shows. Now, it's not one of those YouTube rabbit holes where by the end of the night, you think every section of your house has a ghost in it. No, that, that's not even what we're going to talk about today. When I uncovered this, I didn't know what to think. Now, I feel like sometimes it's a coincidence, you know, like when you think of something and then Google automatically advertises it to you or Facebook or whatever it is. This was one of those times I found this and then somehow it showed up on my timeline and I was like, oh, wow, they made an article about this. Well, what is this that I'm talking about? It's 1989's Who Shrunk Saturday Mornings. A lot of people like to call this the lost episode of Saved by the Bell. And when you're watching it, there may be a bit of truth to that because everything does take place in the Bayside High universe. That's not the case here. NBC had created this special to promote their brand new Saturday morning lineup. And it's a little weird watching this because they're talking to you as if Saved by the Bell hasn't premiered yet. And while I was trying to do research on when this special actually aired, I'm just going to go ahead and go with the August of 89 time frame because Saved by the Bell premiered at that time. And while you're watching this unfold, they do announce that there is a brand new show called Saved by the Bell. It's a little strange hearing any of that stuff because originally that show was called Good Morning Miss Bliss. NBC went ahead and bought it, slapped a brand new paint of coat on it, kept a few characters, and we got that iconic TV show from the 90s that everybody seems to gravitate towards. Anywhere online you find this special, you start to realize that, guess what? A small chunk of the, the introduction is missing. So when it starts, you get Slater, Lisa, Kelly, and Jesse standing around a television set and wondering why Zack and Screech are inside of it. Zack explains that Screech made a shrinking ray and obviously it shrunk them, but, you know, teleported them into the television land. And that's where, we, that's where everything starts. Lisa and Slater decide that, hey, we're going to go help these guys out because a new character named Miss Bagwind, who I'm assuming is supposed to be the Mr. Belding type, but not really. I don't know what she is. Saved by the Bell has so many revolving characters around her. I don't know who stays or who goes, uh, but we don't get to see Mr. Belding, which was a drag. But Lisa and Slater decide to go to Screech's house and they get shrunk and sent into the television as well. Now, all four of them are wandering around this, this black backdrop with neon lights in the back. And it's not even a whole bunch of neon lights. And they realize that, hey, we're going to keep walking and try to figure out our way out of here. Well, that's when they run into Alf, our first cameo. He tells them to meet a mysterious man named the Master Programmer. But you got to watch out with him because he's pretty much a jerk. But first, he's going to promote his brand new season of Alf Tales. And Alf Tales is okay. Uh, I'm not going to, I love the ALF TV show and the character himself, but the cartoon was just, it, it kind of felt, felt uh, like really flat for me. Uh, the TV show is by far 
more superior than the cartoon or the made-for-TV movie that happened after. But we're going to keep on plowing through because he sends the kids on their way. And while they're trying to navigate through this, uh, this crappy TV land, they run into a man that's dressed like the Mad Hatter. His name is The Flash. And no, it's not the DC Flash. It's actually terrible testaverde if you're a fan of saved by the bell you know who mr testaverde is he's the fast talking teacher who everybody had a hard time trying to write notes during his class because he went too damn fast or if you're a fan of the classic micro machines he was the micro machine guy here's a small clip to jog your memory the micro machine man here presenting the genuine original colossally collectible most midget miniature episodes of the real things Micro Machines. Dramatically detailed, stupendously styled, smaller than enough, this one or this one. And now with a totally terrific town, the new Micro Machine Super City Toolbox playset. Closed, it's a mild matter toolbox. Open, it's a Micro Machine USA. Cruise your mini Micro Machine vehicles, planes and boats to the police station, the marina, the mini motorcycle repair shop, the gas station, the construction office, work, the real working drawbridge, highway, passenger ramp, and garage doors. Or take a Micro Machine flying machine in for a landing. Phew, this place has it all. The new Micro Machine Super City Toolbox playset from Galoo. The one and only outrageous original miniatures. Remember, if it doesn't say Micro Machines. The next cameo was a bit of a letdown. And... I'm being nice when I'm saying a bit of a letdown because they run into this small little Japanese box. It starts glowing and it starts talking. And, I, and when I first watched it, I was like, who is this? I, I don't know who they're talking to. Then Zach goes ahead and says, oh, this is Mr. Miyagi. Boy, was you can see the disappointment all over my face when I realized that, no, this was just a horrible version of Pat Morita. Now, honestly, I, I do know that the Karate Kid cartoon that they were trying to promote here did not feature any of the original cast. And obviously they got voice actors, but it just sounded really bad. And to be completely honest, the Karate Kid cartoon is not bad at all. It, it really isn't. It's very action packed. It really it honestly it kicks ass. No joke about it. If you like that old Jackie Chan Adventures cartoon, you're going to fall in love with the Karate Kid cartoon. It, it's it's nuts. Well, he sends him on the way to go meet the master programmer, but tells him you got to watch out with him, too. So now everybody's kind of a, a bit nervous on meeting this mysterious man. They keep on walking. They run into a horrible green screen of the Smurfs, and that means nothing. It wasn't really a good cameo. They keep on walking, and they run in to, honestly, the biggest cameo this special is ever going to have. Ugh. I don't even know how to explain it because when I saw this, I was like, holy shit, like I, I this dude's here like it's John Candy. They literally had John Candy and the cast from Saved by the Bell in one area. Think about this. Had they had added Pat Morita somewhere in this, this would have been one of the greatest 80s things I have ever seen in my life. Saved by the Bell, the Micro Machines guy, Alf, Mr. Miyagi, <laughs> John Candy. Geez, like uh, the this was a humongous crossover, and he tells him about his cartoon called Camp Candy, and the cartoon was okay. If you guys want to go out and watch that, everything that I'm sh telling you today is on YouTube. Uh, it's gonna be a lot to link, so just go ahead and look for Camp Candy. It's really not a bad cartoon at all. It reminds me a lot of Life with Louie. There are some cutscenes in this that take us back to Bayside. Jesse and Kelly are trying to stall Miss Bagwin from putting the rest of the gang on a permanent detention. Uh, Zach is telling them they're still trying to find 
the master programmer, but they're going to keep on going on. They run into Captain N, the game master. Now, if you've never seen that cartoon, please go ahead and Google it and tell me that you don't want a belt with a freaking Nintendo controller attached to it. God, that cartoon was so cool. The dude ran around with a duck hunt gun, fighting villains and going into different video games and, you know, just basically being a hero. What a cool cartoon Captain N was. Everybody seemed, you guys got to go ahead and check it out. But one thing that excited me the most was when they ran into Alvin and the Chipmunks. Now, that cartoon holds a really special place in my heart because that's one of the first things that I remember. If I go back as far as I can remember, one of my first memories is Alvin and the Chipmunks. And I had to have been around five. I don't know how the hell I remember any of that, but I do remember watching Alvin and the Chipmunks religiously. I love that damn cartoon intro, and every time I hear it, I, you, you can't help but smile. We've all run into those things where you're listening to something just like, wow, this really... This really takes me back to a simpler time. And that's what Alvin and the Chipmunks does for me. One of the fun things about this video is whoever uploaded it left all the original commercials intact. There's a bounce commercial, a gain commercial. There's also a strange Kodak commercial that did not age well. It had Pill Cosby in it. No, I'm not going to say Bill because he should not have a first name. Pill Cosby is in this and he is uh, promoting Kodak. Talking about taking pictures. He starts to take weird pictures of this family that are there. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were still here. A lot of this did not age well. This man is a monster. He was accused so many times. We all know the story. I shouldn't go too far into that, but we all know what happened to this man. And everything that he does, if you watch the Cosby show or you watch any of these weird commercials with him in it, the pudding commercials, because obviously he was putting his stuff where it did not belong. Um, none of it aged well. You start looking at it with a little bit of cringe because you're just like, oh, man. And then you start taking everything he says out of context and make jokes about it, which it shouldn't be, but I mean, it happens. We all start looking at him like, oh no, what is he really trying to say here? Uh, it, it's weird watching it. It really is weird watching Bill Cosby do anything uh, from the past. It, it's Like I said, it, it's just really strange. But on to a lighter and greater moment in this special, we finally get to meet the master programmer. Now the master programmer, when his back is turned, he's watching this humongous backdrop of television screens showing all the cartoons that they just previewed. But he wanted one more show in this in his repertoire to take over television, to take over Saturday mornings. But when you're listening to this man's voice, his back is turned. You're like, I know exactly who this is. Sherman Helmsley. Ah. <sighs> George freaking Jefferson. I don't know what he had to do with any of this. But if he had just given us the George Jefferson walk or the dance, I would have been done. This would have automatically put the cherry on top of this, this the special. This would not have stopped me from being so excited just to think that, you know, had he had done that and they had added Pat Morita... 
my life would have been complete. Jesus Christ, this, this special would have been one of the absolute biggest treasures to ever come out of the 80s. Think about that. I know I'm probably adding a whole bunch of smoke up the ass of this NBC special, but think about that. How often do you get these these icons crossing over like this? I think the last time we saw a humongous crossover like this, and no, I'm not going to talk about Marvel. I'm going to talk about a underrated crossover on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Not once does anybody ever talk about the ending of Who Framed Roger Rabbit when Disney and Warner Brothers came in in one spot. You saw Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny literally standing next to each other. That was a humongous crossover. That was actually, and I'm going to use the overused word right now, epic. There's not a lot of trivia or background to this special. It's a little weird having to look for this and know nothing about it. You have to try to form your own opinion, which is what I'm doing here. You have to go out and watch this. There's no ands, if or buts. If you are a fan of the 80s or a child of the 80s or maybe even of the child of the 90s, it doesn't even matter. If you love the 80s in general, you are going to absolutely love this because it's weird. It's strange and it seems very cheap. <laughs> it's very cheesy. Uh, it is an 80s time capsule. You're going to sit and watch this. And then when I say time capsule, I'm going to go ahead and say that because mostly the old commercials that are in there, you are going to have fun watching these old commercials. Now, I think I've said this in the episode before, but back then you used to despise having these commercials cut into your TV show. Now you look at them and you see them with fond memories or you're just like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And I know we're all going to have those nostalgia goggles on for certain things that we love and they can probably never do any wrong. But you really have to go out and watch this Who Shrunk Saturday Mornings special. I wish, you know, TV shows did more of this. A lot of promotions don't happen anymore. There's always a trailer of the trailer of a teaser of the teaser. And that bothers me a lot because by the time you know it, you've seen everything. When they promoted each one of these cartoons in this, even with Saved by the Bell, I, I was like, oh, wow, you know what? They're really pushing this new cast of Saved by the Bell. But... They're not giving you everything in each cartoon. They're leaving you wanting to watch each one of them. I'm still disappointed that Pat Morita was not in this. Uh, that's the only Mr. Miyagi for me and should be the only Mr. Miyagi for anyone. Uh, you know, I, I can't mention that man's name without getting hurt. Every time I watch Cobra Kai and there's any mention of Mr. Miyagi or there's some sort of soundbite cut in, uh, it just hits me right in the chest. Uh Man, I, it, it's it's up there with Shadow from Homeward Bound for me. You've learned everything you need, Chance. Now all you have to learn is how to say goodbye. I won't let you give up. If you followed this podcast in the past, you know that I have a soft spot for that damn dog from Homeward Bound. And as time goes on, I start to realize that Mr. Miyagi has that same spot in my heart. 
I'm not going to keep going on that because I may start crying and nobody wants to hear that. I'm joking, by the way. I really am joking. Um, Anyways, I'm going to link this special in the show's description. Uh, Like I said, I wish there was more that I could tell you about this. Maybe some behind the scenes stuff, but there's nothing out there for this. And while this does end on a positive note, and I'm not going to go ahead and ruin the whole thing because I didn't reveal the ending. It should be pretty obvious on what happens, but uh, I'm not going to be a jerk like that. I shouldn't spoil everything that I say on here, and I think I've done the majority of that damage. But anyways, you can catch me on any of my social media, which will be linked in the show's description, and I will see you guys next time. Thought we'd always be together.